Hey everybody, hope you're doing well today. It is Friday, day five of Holy Week. Good Friday, and today we are going to study the crucifixion, the death of Jesus. Uh, throughout the week, we've been doing uh, Bible studies on the Passion uh, story according to um, the Gospel of Matthew. And so yesterday we had the trial. Uh, on Wednesday, we did the garden. On Tuesday, we did the Last Supper. And on Monday, we did the triumphant entry. And so today we have the crucifixion, which is uh, Matthew 27. And we're starting at verse uh, verse 32. So uh, hope you're doing well. And uh, thank you for making this a part of your day. And we will jump right in. So verses 32 through 37. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. They, there they offered Jesus wine to drink, mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots, and sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus the king of the Jews. So uh, as we finished yesterday, Jesus was whipped by a company of soldiers and taken through town, carrying a 75 to 125 pound cross beam on his back. And basically he couldn't carry it. And so they're walking through town and he keeps falling and he keeps dropping it. And so they grab this guy, Simon from Cyrene out of the crowd and say, Hey, you carry it for him. And so he does help him get to the cross. And so Simon, who's from Cyrene, which is in Africa, North Africa, like 800 miles away, probably has no idea what's going on. Probably traveled to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. He just gets there, or maybe he's been there a couple days, but he's walking through the streets, and all of a sudden this guy's coming carrying a cross, and he's struggling with it. He doesn't know who he is, and uh, they make him take the really heavy piece of crossbar and say, you carry this. Um, and so they had to carry it out to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull, because when people died out there, when people who were crucified died, they just left their bodies and they decomposed right there. And there were skulls and all over. So, um, I mean, it was close enough to the city that people could see it and be reminded of the power that the Romans had, but just far enough outside of the city walls that, you know, it was a uh, you had to go there to see it. If you you know you probably couldn't see people being crucified from your bedroom window. Um, maybe you could. I don't know. Uh, and so they offer Jesus some wine to drink mixed with gall. Ba- gal, G A L L. I don't know how you pronounce it, but um, uh, basically it's a mind-numbing drink, kind of to help you um, get through it, uh, lessen the agony um, of crucifixion, which kind of. Uh, doesn't make sense to me. It's like, if you're going to crucify somebody, why give them something beforehand so that, you know, they don't feel every bit of it. Uh, but that's what they offered him. And Jesus says, no, I, I don't want any of it. I don't want any of it. I don't, I don't want to be, have my mind altered at all. I don't want people to say, well, Jesus didn't feel all the pain that somebody would who was crucified. So Jesus says, no, I'm, I'm not going to take any of it. So, so they walk them to the cross. Uh, verses 38 through 44, two rebels were crucified with him one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law and the elders mocked him. 
He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. In the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults on them. So uh, a crowd has drawn around the cross and they're all just yelling at him while he's up there naked, while he's bleeding from the flogging, while he has uh, nails in him. Uh, These people are just yelling insults at him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him. I mean, talk about using the Lord's name in vain. (laughs) I mean, uh, uh, yeah, he he trusts in the Lord. Uh, He says he's the son of God. Let God come and rescue him. How how terrible. I mean, there's no, no clothing, the pain, the humiliation, the insults. Everyone mocked him, even the criminals next to him. Now, what's interesting is that Luke says they were thieves and that one of them didn't mock him. One of them said, uh, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says, truly, truly, I tell you today, you'll be with me in paradise. So it's interesting. Uh, did, did, did Matthew's gospel, I mean, were, were both of them mocking him at the beginning and then one of them later you know, had a conversation with Jesus and stopped mocking him. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It says, but they said, uh, come down now from the cross and we will believe in you, which I find to be one of the most interesting parts of scripture is one of the uh, contradictions of scripture that uh, we believe not, we believe in Jesus because he stayed on the cross and they said to him, come down from the cross and we'll believe. He stayed on the cross and rose from the dead, and so then we believe, uh, which is kind of a a direct opposite of what they were saying. Uh, What we have here is um, two two things peaking at the same time. Uh, This is a David Goodzik thing. Uh, The peak of God's love for humanity, the peak of God's love uh, to endure this pain, to endure this salvation. Uh, in, In no other way has God shown the depth of love than Jesus' death on the cross. And it was also the peak of man's hatred for God. You know, the the worst we've ever done. This is worse than uh, anything happened before, you know, the, the Noah flood. This is worse than anything that's ever happened uh, in human history. Uh, you know, it, well, I mean, we've been terrible to each other. Uh, but in terms of our relationship with God, this our hatred for God was so that we, um, we put him on a cross. We killed him. We killed him in the most painful way most painful and humiliating way we know, right? And he allowed it to happen. He allowed it to happen. Uh, uh, and just a, an incredible, incredible story. And so uh, we continue starting at verse 45. From the sixth hour until the ninth hour, darkness came over all the land. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elisha. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a stick, and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and rocks split. The tombs broke open and many in the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. Um, what? 
<laughs> okay, we'll come back to that. They came out of the tombs, and after Jesus' resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many people. So what did they do between this and Jesus' resurrection? Okay. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. Many women were there, watching from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. So lots of wild stuff happens here. Lots of wild stuff. Okay. Unusual darkness comes over the land from noon until 3 p.m. So most people, scholars, believe that Jesus hung on the cross for about six hours between 9 a.m. and 3. uh, And uh, the last three hours happened to be in darkness. Um, This darkness was strange because it's the middle of the day. But also Passover, it was during Passover, which means there was a full moon. So I don't know science really well, but people say it's impossible for there to be an eclipse during a full moon. So um, interesting. Uh, People can't say, well, there was an eclipse because there was a full moon. But I I mean, there you go. Uh, In quoting Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Uh, It's the only time in the Synoptic Gospels where Jesus addresses God without calling him Father which is interesting, but, uh, you know, it's, it's one way that Jesus uh, can cry out and, and express his feelings of being forsaken for the first time. Jesus has had this unique relationship with God the Father for his whole life, and God has always been there. The Father's always been there to give him strength and support and to help him, uh, but now he feels forsaken. Now he feels alone. Now he feels like whatever he's doing, he's doing by himself. Uh, he feels separation, and he's not used to that. And so, my God, my God, why have you left me alone to do this? Why have you left me alone? In my moment of greatest need, I feel alone. Uh, and so, an interesting quote of Psalm 22, uh, but also a, a prophetic note, right? Psalm 22 is the, uh, can be seen prophetically in Jesus coming through, um, being the, um, that pro- pro- prophetic voice uh, being fulfilled. And... Um, Jesus cried out again with a loud voice uh, right at the very end. Uh, John 19 tells us that Jesus said, it is finished, uh, which is one word in the ancient Greek, tetelestai. I probably know how to pronounce that better. 12 years ago when I was taking Greek, which means uh, it is finished and continues to be finished today, or it is paid in full and continues to be paid in full today, or however you want to, but basically, it is finished, and continues to be finished, it's, there was never a point where it was finished, and then, you know, like, it had to be redone, or undone, it was undone, and then had to be redone, Um, you know, it is finished, the job is done, Jesus has done what he needed to do, Uh, Jesus had gone through uh, the pain, had gone through the humiliation, had gone through uh, the torture, had gone through the forsakenness, the aloneness. Um, he went through all the shame of, of uh, or, or the supposed shame of people hurling insults at him, uh, but now it is finished. And it says he gave up his spirit. Uh, I, as I said in my sermon this past week, I, I don't like the sense that Jesus gave up anything. Uh, he allowed this to happen. Uh, all of this happened because it was part of God's plan. Um, and uh, it goes back to Jesus, John John 10, verses 17 through 18, Jesus said, I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down to myself, lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up again. 
Um, so, you know, Jesus allows this to happen. He allows, he, uh, I think it's Paul in Romans says he became obedient to death. He became obedient to death, even though he didn't have to. He became obedient to death so that, I mean, the rest of humanity, we're all obedient to death. When death calls us, we have to answer, right? When it's our time, it's our time. Uh, But Jesus didn't have to go through it this way. Jesus didn't have to be obedient to death, but he did so that when it is our time, we know that death is not the end. Um, And then we have these crazy things happen. We have these crazy, like the, 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 the veil at the temple was split in two. Well, that's an obvious one. It's a demonstration that, the separation between God and man is humanity is no longer there. And people would go into the temple and there would be this veil, this curtain that separated uh, the people from, uh, from where God was and only the, the priests could go in. Uh, but that's no longer there. The, the veil has been torn and God is uh, everywhere and God can be um, with everyone. And so, you know, people don't have to, people no longer have to understand God as being one place and us being somewhere else. Uh, which is um, uh, an important part of, hum- of, of humanity's understanding of God, you know, that God is with us and we can, we can be with God every, every day, all, all day, that God is always with us. And then we have this strange thing about the dead coming out of their graves. Um, they came out of their, out of their tombs. Uh, it, it's strange. Uh, there's, n- n- no one else mentions this. Um, Matthew doesn't say anything else about it. And so, you know, the idea here is that, you know, the, the, the holy people who had died uh, were walking around Jerusalem and saying hello to old friends afterwards. And it's like, well, what happened after that? Were they, were they resurrected for good? Did they, I mean, what happened? We just don't know. So, I mean, that's not one I'll ever preach on because <laughs> there's just nothing. I don't know what to say about it. It's just, it's really odd. It's really odd. Um, but here's something that's really interesting is the the Roman centurion then says, surely this man was the son of God. Uh, in the Gospel of Mark, uh, the first person to see that Jesus is the son of God is the centurion after Jesus dies. Up until that t- time, he refers to himself as the son of man. And so that it's through the eyes of a Gentile that Jesus is first seen as the son of God uh, without Jesus having to tell someone that he is the son of God. So a uh, very interesting piece to that. Uh, and then it tells us who was watching. Uh, many of the women who supported his ministry were there watching him while his disciples were hiding. Uh, so they were there to show courage, to show support, to be there for Jesus when no one else was there. Uh, so, And of course, we know that um, uh, Mary was the first witness of the resurrection. Uh, that's from um, the, the, the Easter Sunday uh, readings. And, uh, and so w- women play an important part of being there at the end and being there at the resurrection when the disciples weren't. Uh, and I think we need to say that more often. We need to give more credit to women for their courage and for their place in the kingdom of God and for their place as leaders uh, in the kingdom of God being there to, um, uh, to support Jesus through this difficult time and being the first to, uh, to, to see him resurrected. So that is the passion story. And uh, this is the end of day five of Holy Week. And so we finish with uh, Jesus' death on a cross, but um, uh, we have Sunday morning coming. You know, Sunday is coming. Uh, good Friday is not is not good, right, because of uh, what we did, but it is good because of what Jesus has done uh, and what Jesus does on Easter Sunday. And uh, uh, so we will proclaim that he is risen on Sunday morning and hope to see you there. Worship times are 7.15 and 9 a.m. outside. 
and 11 a.m. inside and live streamed on this Facebook page. So uh, thank you so much for joining me this week and hope you're doing well. Hope you learned something new. Hope this has helped uh, and uh, look forward to returning next week back, continuing our study of uh, the book of Romans. Uh, Have a um, happy Easter, a great weekend, and see you soon. We'll close with a word of prayer. Uh, Lord God, your death was terrible and we are so sorry that you had to go through that. Uh, that our imperfections put you there, that our hatred put you there. Uh, We are grateful uh, that you went there, that you allowed us to do that so we would know how much we are loved. Uh, We are grateful for the promise of eternal life. We are grateful for your presence, which is everywhere and with everyone. And we pray that we would all uh, listen to you. We would allow you to guide us through life, that we would uh, be people of peace and love and hope. Uh, We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everybody, have a wonderful day. See you all soon. Take good care of yourselves.